It's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers that you can find anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, everyone. We are talking about the Green Bay Packers. They went up to Gillette Stadium and they lost 31 to 17 to the New England Patriots, who uh, who just are so good at Gillette Stadium and pretty much anywhere else that they go right now. I am Mike Fleischman. Joining me, as always, it's Mr. Matt Malmstetter. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. How you doing? And I'm I'm okay. Good. I'm I'm processing this one. We are uh, we are now doing two losses in a row on on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We're in the we're in the stretch of the season that we knew was going to bring the bad times. Yeah. The bad times are here. The bad times may have passed. It's been it's been a tough week. Every time I say it's been, and then I pause, a uh, terrible bare naked lady song plays in my head. Um, so I'm sorry about doing that to our audience just now. It's been a long week since uh, we last joined up. Uh, about five minutes after I pushed publish on yeah. the podcast last time, converted it to an MP3, uploaded it to Anchor. There were two major trades that the Packers conducted right before the deadline. <laughs> so I figured... Yeah, we should start with that. That we should start there instead of just starting with the game like we normally do. Uh, first and foremost, Ty Montgomery, who didn't get cut, ended up getting traded. Yeah. Ty Montgomery traded to the Ravens for a seventh round draft pick, which is oh, 2020. So two years from now. Yeah, which is a way of, of getting a player off your roster for technically more than nothing, but not anything. They'll forget about that pick by the time that draft rolls around. Yeah. Like, oh, we have the seventeenth pick in the twenty in the rounds in the seventh round. Okay, cool. Uh we'll take a a kicker, a long snapper again. Yeah, we'll take we'll take yet we'll take a, a fourth punter or, or something. <laughs> An emergency punter. <laughs> uh, that's another story. Yeah, that no, was, we'll get there. Was through this week. Um uh, but a emergent emergency we'll take an emergency backup long snapper slash uh, slash free safety or something. Um, so seventh round draft pick in twenty twenty. I didn't realize that it was it was multiple years away. Yeah, I thought no, it was gonna basically be basically this year. Okay. That's uh that's that that's really nothing. I'm trying yeah. to just the Ravens quick, were- quickly find like who the Packers have drafted in the seventh round um, recently. Uh, Hunter Bradley. Yeah, long snapper. Our current long snapper, who is mostly accurate, um, James Looney and Kendall Donerson, who are sure. I think both still with the team. They are, like, you know, not, although not on the active roster. They are. They are still around. So you can get you can get human beings who have played football at a collegiate yeah, level can, in the seventh round of the NFL with you. draft. Yeah, yeah. You can you can find a find people who exist. You can fill a roster spot with that. So that's that's the Ty Montgomery. It's not a punishment for Montgomery because the Ravens could use a rotation running back. Yeah, I mean Alex Collins and Buck Allen are like fine, but they're not stellar. They're not great. They're not running away with it. Neither one of them has won the job through this many weeks. This is just the Ravens saying, "All right, we need another option." Let's I mean, the Ravens exist in a different universe than the one that I live in, which is which is in the NFC mm-hmm. North that I call the NFC Central. So I yeah. live not only in this, not in the era, but also in a different conference. So yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you who on the Ravens has won the job right now. Definitely a team in transition from from one version of mediocrity to another. Yeah, it's. They, I mean, Alice Collins been 
good. He's elusive, but Buck Allen's kind of a better receiving back and for a while was getting the majority of the red zone carries, but eventually Alex Collins kind of took him over when he got injured. Um, I don't know. I think Montgomery got a few snaps this weekend. I wasn't really paying attention because uh, the Ravens exist in a different world. Um, yeah. But I think the Ravens sending over a 2027th round pick was just their way of bypassing like a waiver wire and being like, saying like, we yeah, want sure, him, sure, but we'll he, might get cl- he might get claimed before we hit our chance. So we'll, we'll take him off your hands. Yeah. To me, Ty Montgomery is a guy who I think like there are 10 to 15 teams in the league who would say like, yeah, sure. Ty Montgomery. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's versatile. I mean, if, if you just need something to, throw off a defense, help you read the defense, motioning a guy in from the backfield to the slot, he can do that. He can, if he feels like it, he can pass block. I think I think a creative offensive mind yeah. would have a little bit more fun with Ty yeah. Montgomery than, yeah, no. than the Packers have. The Packers, not a back a beacon of uh, creativity yeah, on not to like Not to like dig into what I wanted to talk about in the second half of the program a little bit, but the Packers have have some versatile players and a, a non versatile ideas about how to use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other the other major trade. This is the bigger one because I mean, Ty Montgomery was a fine player to have around and root for, who made a a bad mistake, which then sort of the Packers press pointed out was a mistake that he's made several times. Yeah. Previously, and it kind of made me remember that, like, oh yeah, he has run a a few out of the end zone that were just straight dumb. Um, is just a sort of marginal player, but the trade of HaHa Clinton Dix to the Washington Redskins for a fourth rounder, and that fourth rounder is this, this year. Year's. This is yeah, an yes. actual, an actual upcoming fourth round pick. That is a more interesting move because it kind of fundamentally changed the idea of what the Packers secondary was. Yeah parted ways with a player who ostensibly was a valuable member of the Packers, but the production and apparently the reputation was not all that it was cracked up to be. And a guy who just hasn't been producing at the level we expected. And where I was saying, telling you over text message, I expected a bounce back year from ha ha Clinton Dix. We did not get it. And, yeah, it's it's tough to judge a player that doesn't spend a lot of time on the on the screen. Yeah, because he's so the furthest back. the furthest player back, and a player who actually has, I think it was three interceptions already on the season. Yeah, so a player who's like getting getting numbers, getting those counting stats, like the NBA guys like to say. Yeah, but when it comes down to it, you got you have to, especially when it comes to like gambles and and bad reads. Yeah. He was so yeah, every game had a few terrible reads by Haha Clinton Dix. I mean, thinking back to the Vikings game, the Laquan Treadwell touchdown, um Haha Clinton Dix didn't come up on it, kinda of waited back. He just so often was he looked like he was afraid of contact. He looked like he was afraid to come up and make a tackle. I mean, even in his first game with Washington, there was a play kind of towards the goal line where he just didn't really go full effort and waited for the guy to pass him and then made a half ass arm tackle at his back and it's just kind of that same stuff every week i mean a lot of the reports out of the locker room after he left were like he didn't study film enough thought that he was going to get paid the big bucks deserved it right away for that one time he was an all pro in 
2016 and yeah a couple of down years yeah for for a a player that supremely he, he talented earned, yeah he earned his accolades too yeah, when no. he got him God, he was really good those first two years yeah it was a he was a good good player and just sort of backed off and that is that that stuff happens yeah and you know it's it's a matter of like he's another guy who was was definitely good at putting up like you know a a good a good presentation to like the the Packer community and and the fans yeah. and such um had a very neutral social media presence yeah uh definitely like you know had had all that community involvement that they do they mm-hmm. you know you you can find a lot of instances of like his involvement with the Green Bay community I don't think anyone around the DC area is going to be no going to be dealing with dealing with that situation yeah. they're going to like having him around there it's just a matter of whether or not he wants to be like a a legitimately good football player which mm, i don't know if he is. i don't know i don't know if he is yeah and maybe he'll be pressed into it uh in washington knowing that you know real payday is on the line now but yeah i i, I shudder to think with he uh, if he goes to like say i don't know bill belichick for a, for a steal yeah no bill belichick for a th- eighth rounder yeah. a, a, a round that doesn't even exist give it bill belichick will take him up yeah belichick could <laughs> turn him into an all pro again in like yeah. three minutes uh, that, uh, that, that kind of, that's starting to bring us back around to, to yeah. what happened on Sunday. One final thing, we were all stunned in, in as much as you can ever be stunned about the news of signing punters. Yeah. The Packers added a, a second punter because there was, there was word that JK Scott might not be able to be in New England mm-hmm. yesterday because of a, uh, because of childbirth. Yeah. And of course his wife, not him. But uh, all the same, uh, it looked like it was a possibility that he might miss the game. They had a jet set due to that, but he made it up there. It was, uh, I was kind of on that first field goal that Crosby hit. I was like, hey, who they got out there? They got JK. Who's, uh, who's holding the ball. So JK Scott was, uh, was back and, but it was just that moment of like the Packers side to what? Yeah. For why reasons? Yeah. I remember you, you texted me and I was like, I don't know. I can't explain it. <laughs> so that, that was kind of fun that every once in a while you get that moment of fun of like, like two punter formations. That, Great. That's pretty good. Yeah. Let's Which do one's it. Which going to kick it? Are they yeah. going to both try and kick it at the same time? Like one, Double. one right. It's, 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 it's like the old when you put two punt returners back there yeah. and you, they one of them acts like they're getting the ball to confuse the. If you get one right-footed punter and one left-footed punter and tie their legs together. Double strength. Surely, surely that doubles the amount of strength <laughs> with which you can boost Boom. the ball. Yeah. That ball's going 100 yards. <laughs> That's not how punting works. Um, so the Patriots and the Green Bay Packers, they played a game on Sunday night. Uh, the big the big NFL, and you know, the NBC Sunday night football thing yeah. went down, which is uh, which is the best the best presentation of football there is before the game. I'll just I'll stick with that. I think uh, people hate on Chris Collinsworth and I don't know, he's not amazing. He's fine. Al Michaels is Al Michaels is really good. Is the most judicious user of language that we have on television play by play. A lot of these radio guys they come into television and not to not to like brag because whatever, but like I have done mostly radio so far in yeah. my career, but this year I am going to do a lot more streaming video stuff for our college stuff. Yeah. And 
boy, it's hard to shut up. Yeah. yeah. It is so hard to not do a radio call on television. It is a different muscle. Yeah. Because you sit there and like you're just on the ball. Now we we work, working up top, ball swings to the wing, now entry pass to the post. And then you realize like, hey, people can see that. They know what's going on. Yeah, they can see yeah. the ball. You don't have to tell them where it is. Al Michaels is the best at it I've ever seen. Mm. He speaks in seven word sentences that start and end and are extemporaneous and are yet complete thoughts as good as anyone on television. It's super good. It, it, it's fun to watch. Um, game though. Yeah. We've, uh, we've, 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 <sighs> we've covered all that we need to do. So now we can talk about the game. Um, first drive goes to the new England Patriots. They take three minutes and 20 seconds to go 59 yards in 10 plays for the touchdown. Uh, Easiest thing you ever done seen. It was, was the it Patriots was crazy. walking through this this Green Bay defense. Yeah. And it was done as fast as I've ever seen a team move. It was it, it, it was just they would get down and immediately be on the ball. Immediately be on the ball and going to make sure that the Green Bay Packers couldn't substitute. They knew that the Packers were planning on running a uh it's a young defense and they're planning on running a kind of a rotation at safety. And with all these trades, like with Ha Clinton Dix getting shipped out, that's a major piece of your defense who's not there anymore. And Bill Belichick attacked that. And did it so quickly. The, the, these Patriots are are absurd because, you know, there's continuity in New England. Sure, like Tom Brady runs the show. You recognize some of these guys' names. But at the same time, like these are, especially this year, a lot of new pieces yeah. on this team. And the way that they all function is if they've all been playing together for five years. You know, I was saying to you before we started recording, this drive in particular, not so much like the whole game plan for the game, which was also largely executed flawlessly by New England, but this drive most likely took at least half of a day of practice that week, yeah. if not more, because it was clearly orchestrated like move-by-move, play-by-play. Yeah. Like, they weren't calling those plays. No, that was they just knew second play is this, third <clears throat> yep. play is this, fourth play is this. And in order for it to work, like largely all eleven guys have to know what's going to happen, yeah. know that they're going to do it, and then to execute it the way they did, on top of like having to know everything else that they need to know to, for the rest of the yeah. game, which didn't work at that pace. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. It's Bill Belichick does things that make me dream of a brilliant coach. He's just so good. In every, fa- he knows he knows your weakness immediately and is able to attack it f- the entire game. And when something works, Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick will exploit it until it doesn't. And he's he is not one of those like old school football guys who generally, oh. even though he is an old school football guy, generally those old school football guys are going to be the ones who end up in the you know in the color commentators booth like sort of harping and grousing and other like mm-hmm. other other words about trick plays and gadget stuff and Bill Belichick's is, always ahead of yeah, the curve. Flea flickers, reverses, uh they threw they tried to throw a touchdown pass to Tom Brady in last yeah. year's Super Bowl. Um didn't work. It was it was cooler when the Eagles did it bringing back to him. But a a lateral to Julian Edelman that turned into a screen pass to the other side of the field, a flea flicker that James White tossed yeah. back to Tom Brady. This stuff is uh, is playground football stuff. 
and it's not something that you'd expect to come out of like you know the 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 stone hard, statue the hard that is bill belichick yeah but it does and it comes out pretty often like we mm-hmm. see almost every week that bill belichick continues to like elevate football he continues uh, to like innovate and push further into the future he not only he doesn't do it to the to the like the cupcakes yeah that sit in his division either he does it to the real rivals yeah he does it in the damn super bowl yeah he does it all the time to everyone he doesn't do it to the jets the bills and the dolphins he does it to he'll do it to the rams if they play the Rams. it's he doesn't waste his best stuff on a cheap opponent it's that's part of their everyday game plan yeah, his sense of of tempo and pacing in games is yeah. so so nice. Immaculate. Because those plays when they did hit were hit hit at the perfect time. It was a hammer on the that flea flicker was a hammer on the nail. Yep. With the fumble and then the flea flicker, it's game over. That was when the Green Bay Packers kind of looked defused. The the fumble and then it was the double pass. Double pass. Yeah, the flea flicker was earlier in the first and half. And then it okay, gotcha. And then it was the screen. Yeah, it was the the gotcha. lateral okay. and then the screen to the other side. I love that play. That play was cool. That play is so good. And ooh, yeah, it it's a recognize it's a recognize oh, that's not a word. It's a recognizing. It's a recognition. Oh my god, that's a good word. Yeah. I should use that word it's as if it was in the English language for like uh for longer than than I've been alive. My words are good today. It's a recognition of where the Packers were at in the game. Which was once again they'd reached the 2016 situation of being out of defensive backs. Yep, and the guys they had in the game were fired up. Yeah, ready excited. to come out and play a game, but were over eager. Yeah, maybe and then not. All of a sudden, ready you misdirect them the twice. Game. Yep, yep. <clears throat> Young guys like Josh Jones, Raven Green. I mean, with Whitehead ejected. Antonio Morrison. Antonio Morrison with uh, Whitehead getting ejected for. The open-handed slap with Kentrell Bryce getting hurt, Kevin King getting hurt. Yep, let's get around. It, 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 let's get around to these things. Uh, so, in in the game recap, it's it's seven to nothing. Green Bay gets it back, goes sixty-two yards. They get a Mason Crosby field goal. Mason Crosby still looks fine. In case anyone was wondering, New England has to punt. Green Bay has to punt. New England gets a field goal. It's ten to three. At that point couple of punts green bay goes and gets a touchdown is tied at 10 this was green bay had some good drives especially in the first half Devontae adams got the touchdown pass on on that um yeah lots of uh lots of good stuff from aaron jones on these drives aaron jones mm-hmm. still continues to look like the best running back that the packers have yeah and and one of the better guys in the league new england answers with a Two minute fifty two seconds, sixty nine yard drive for a touchdown. Uh, this one was uh, Cordero Patterson running the ball like five or six times because James White was out. Mm-hmm. Um, they were already down Sony Michelle. Yep, already out Sony Michelle. No Rob Gronkowski. That's how you say that guy's name. Close. Rob Gronkowski. No Gronkowski. No Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. He's a, uh, you know, he's that. That's. That's a good name that I get wrong. Yeah. Because I, I was saying Sonny Michael when I was just reading it. Like, <laughs> oh, which is sometimes if incorrect. you like don't hear it, yeah. You know, you're just reading stuff on the internet. It's hard to get names right. I do also, that all the time. Yeah, shout out to uh shout out to Chris Collinsworth for 
for for naming Bashad Breland Brashard. God. Brashard Breland. Just do a little prep. It's it's Bashad. Just do a little prep. It's spelled like Bashad. No R. Yeah. Just like read it. It's not a far of situation here. Just it says Bashad right on the program or the roster that they maybe give you. I'm assuming that like national level NBC announcers get given. I don't know. Yeah, some they sort don't of, do their own. Some sort of game prep. Yeah, no, they don't do their own stuff. Green Bay punts and a half. It's 17-10 New England. The game is. The game is within reach. It's a good one. It's yeah. It at looks... the end of the first half, the one odd thing that happened that you mentioned in this first half was Jermaine Whitehead. Yeah, got ejected for an open hand slap on a Patriots offensive lineman. That sort of what open hand slapped him a little bit before that. Yeah, who too, shoved him bit. first? Yeah. Um, it was the strangest ejection, and you know, I'm not. I'm not that big of an a-hole that I'm just going to, like, cut on referees all the time. But, like, there's just something about something about that crew yeah. that was working last yeah. night. They had some pettiness in their hearts. That roughing the kicker call was terrible, too. Yeah, that was a, that that was was a really bad, bad penalty. And it was, it was, it's this pettiness of, like, the game, the game wasn't unsportsmanlike. No. The game wasn't chippy. It wasn't unprofessional, and which, to the credit of the Packers, who had to play some dudes what don't play yeah, very often, like, found themselves in a situation where they were kind of getting their butts kicked by the end and, you know, still managed to hold it in. But that kind of, those kind of calls where things start to get real escalated, if there have already been, like, some scrums and some fights, you know, if, if you're a ref and you need to, like, retake control of the game somehow, like fine, but Jermaine Whitehead with like an open hand, open hand slap to the helmet—that's not an ejection. No, that's like, eh, it. Pretty much can't be. Like that's maybe a fifteen-yard penalty, I guess. Yeah, like fine, call the fifteen-yard penalty. Like that—that's not an ejection. I like, can't argue against that because because you know you you other if I argue against that, you've put me in a spot where I have to be defending like the open hand slap. And I don't want to do that. after the play in football, that's petty on its own. Yeah. Like, like he shouldn't have done it. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Hi, Jermaine Whitehead, Mike Fleshman, Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. That's petty, man. Don't, don't do, do that. that. But the you ejection. Should, you shouldn't get ejected, afterward. though. Like, you shouldn't. And I, Whitehead was having what appeared to be sort of a, a chat with the officiating crew after that. Yeah. And even Collinsworth mentioned, like, nothing that you say to a ref can get you ejected. No. It, it, I, was, I was watching in a bar, so I couldn't hear the, uh, what was going on. But I was watching, then all of a sudden he's being escorted out. Yeah. And I was like, wait, he's gone for that? Well, it, was, it, was, it seemed more petty even than it was because it was a matter of the ref didn't turn on his mic to announce the ejection. <sighs> so they, they called the penalty, he announced that, and then they ejected him quietly. And then he just had to leave. And then they just had to leave. So, yeah, Whitehead's out. Bryce ended up leaving the game later on because of an injury. Yep. Kevin King left the game because of an injury. Yep. Um, that's why we were out of dudes. Yeah. Like Martinez left in the second half because For of an while. injury. Yeah came back and was half as fast as he was before yeah. he left. His ankle he clearly, was really Yeah, he clearly torqued the heck out of his ankle, stepped on Tom Brady's foot. 
So it's 17-10 at the half. Green Bay gets the ball, starts the second half, and they score a touchdown. They look great, tie the game. Yeah, great throw from Rodgers to Jimmy Graham on this. Yep. The On this one, it, it they run a an underneath kind of a drag route with, uh, I think it was Devontae Adams on the left side of the field. Jimmy Graham's kind of running an overarching cross, so he's trying to get above the middle linebacker behind in front of the safety but above the middle linebacker. And Devontae Adams is coming across to kind of pull that middle linebacker and safety up. And as Devontae Adams comes across, he's open for a half second. Aaron chooses not to throw it, draws the safety in just a step, floats it in over the top to Jimmy Graham into about a three-inch window. Just a beautiful, beautiful play. So all of a sudden it's 17-17. And Patriots get the ball. They go 74 yards downfield. Turn the ball over on downs at the one. Green Bay's defense, with a tie game in New England, gave you a goal line stand at the one. Yeah. Green Bay's defense looked pretty darn good tonight, that, last night. That sequence is is incredible. Yeah, that's as, uh, that's as good as you're going to good as you're gonna get. So now here's the thing. Green Bay, for the second week in a row, has first and ten from their own goal line. What happened last week, Mike? Um. If for those of you who don't recall, first and ten at their own goal line, they called a zone read run to Aaron Jones, and he was tackled in the backfield for a safety, which was a major turning point for the LA Rams in that game last week. It was a dumb this, decision. This week, they had first and ten from their own goal line on the road in New England, and they called what did they call Matt? They called a different play. No. They no, didn't. No, they called the same play. Called the exact same play. The exact same play. Hey, guess what? Aaron Jones got hit in the backfield. He was barely, he was able to make one man miss in the end zone and skirt out for a few yards. So you're at the three-yard line then. You have second and seven, and then two incomplete passes set up fourth and seven at the four. So you got J.K. Scott punting out of your own end zone. Defense comes back on the field, does another great series. Yep. And forces a Patriots punt. Green Bay gets the ball back. Marquez Valdez-Scantling grabs a 24-yard pass. Mercedes Lewis shows up in the game catching a pass. And they give the ball off. They have first and 10 at New England, 34. Give the ball to Aaron Jones. And ball's knocked out by, by Guy, recovered by Gilmore. Um, and that's... That's pretty much the game. That's it. Because yeah. the uh, the third quarter ends, and then the first play of the fourth quarter was is, that fumble. Is that fumble? Yep. By Aaron Jones, and the the Packers would end up surrendering fourteen more points from there. A couple of couple of New England Patriot touchdowns. Game ends thirty one to twenty four. Um, I mean thirty one seventeen. Thirty one seventeen. Thank you. A couple of couple of just truisms that are going to remain true for a long time. You can't turn the ball over on the road in Gillette Stadium versus Tom Brady, Bill yep. Belichick, and the Patriots. If you do that, you're going to lose. Yeah. If you give the Patriots one more possession than you, it's game. And over. they lost. Yep. And this was after two awesome sequences by a damaged defense. Yeah. A fourth and goal at the one stand to get the ball back, and then a six-play 11-yard drive when the Patriots were looking at a short field because J.K. Scott had to punt out of his own end zone. Yeah. Gets you the ball back after that. 
and an Aaron Jones fumble takes care of it. And this is a this is a matter of like Aaron Jones is not a fumbling running back. This is his first fumble of his career. Yeah. This, this is, is his third year. This is his first yep. fumble. Yeah, this is this is not a guy who fumbles very often. That's that yep. it happened and, and even when it happened, yep. two hands on the ball, just mm-hmm. a hell of a play by the defensive player. Yeah. Um also involved in this play is Stefan Gilmore. Um Stefan Gilmore's awesome. He's really good. Yeah. He, he he's really good. In case in case we didn't know about Stefan Gilmore, because frequently we think of the Patriots defense as like a bunch of dudes who are just sort of stuck together with glue and just get you enough to keep Tom Brady in There's, into the game, but so there are some year. real legit players yeah, on the so Patriots. Kyle Van Noy is is uh, pretty decent. Uh, that that pass rusher, that little quick guy that they've got, that was uh, that was beating the right side mm-hmm. all game. Yeah, right was, side right side of the Packers line is now damaged and weak. Oh yeah, what right side of the Packers O line is now in some serious trouble. Yep, get to that after the break. But yeah, New England uh, reels off. Reels off a touchdown after the turnover. Green Bay punts. They reel off a touchdown after the turnover. And they're done. And it's they're, done. Yeah. It's over. That was the that was the end of the game. And you know, I, I I knew this part of the schedule was going to going to be tough. Yeah. You can't go on the road to play the Rams. You go on the road to play the Patriots. I I'm not at all surprised that they're three and four and one. No. After that, I was kind of what I was predicting. Yeah. If you're looking for silver linings, it's that they were they were in both these games. Yeah. And it, a, and a turnover decided both of them. If you're looking for the the reality check, it's that the Packers are turning the ball over in crucial situations. Yeah, it's that every third and short we run three guys long. It's that we're 0 and four on the road. Those are your bad linings. Your silver linings are this team isn't this team has talent. It's team, just, team ain't bad. Team is not bad. In general, the team has talent. I would say that the majority of my issues and where this team is struggling are coaching related. You can't use a timeout in New England on a first down after a change of possessions. That's just yeah, that's bad. All the time, watch the we watch these games, and it seems like Rogers is constantly yelling at people to get into position and working them into position, and it's just a thing of oh, these guys aren't really coached that well the Packers are making bad mistakes at crucial moments where great greatly coached teams really well coached teams like the New England Patriots don't make mistakes like that I was trying not to belch into the microphone that's okay okay should just let it go so we are going to take a break and we're going to come back talk more about the coaching thing I think we can have a productive discussion about that and about several other things relating to where the Packers are in this season right now. Um, I'm trying to keep the mood as light as possible. Like this, I, I wanted, I wanted a win out of one of these two games yeah. because beating one of the, either the best team in the AFC or the best team in the NFC on the road, uh, let's, lets people know that you're serious. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, I don't think that there was too much to be upset about at this point because the schedule is about to get real easier. Yeah. But, uh, Apropos of all that, we are Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Malamsetter. And we're going to take a quick break like we usually do right around here in the podcast. We're going to come back, talk about some more stuff, take a look around the league at what else happened on Sunday. I was uh, I was meeting my my newest nephew, so oh, wow. I didn't get to watch any other football How is this he? week. Uh, he, he looks like Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle. Wow. And he's absolutely adorable. How old is he? Uh, he's about six months old. Wow. Yeah. 
young yeah. little baby. Yeah, young little young little baby. So I was like, I could watch football or I could just like look at this baby. And I looked at the baby yeah, instead. But I got home and watched football. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Cheeseheads in Chicago Land, the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Mellomsetter. Hey. Follow us on Twitter at Land. Matt Mellomsetter live tweets the games. I don't live tweet anything. I'm at MP Fleischman. On Twitter, he's at Mellomsetter. We have a Facebook group that you can follow as well where I uh, post you links directly to the episodes. Subscribe to the episodes wherever you get podcasts. We do that through anchor.fm, which is... A, a very good podcast distribution service. They made it really easy for me to to figure out how to distribute podcasts. Yeah, which is is truly remarkable because I, I I pretty much just googled how do I distribute this effing podcast when I had this idea to make this a podcast and, and then yeah. Anchor FM popped up yeah. on the computer it, screen and you said go. It popped it up. Did it. It. it worked. Yeah, that's a hey, that's I have another podcast called From the Loop that I do with Tim Sevens. He uses Anchor FM too. He he said it's just so easy. Puts it on everything for him, simple as pie. No one pays us anything to do this, so I'm not I'm not repping anchor for any sort of and also, sort of money. That means that we can quit this hashtag ad whenever we want. To. Yes, we can move on to the next segment right now, which is what we're doing because I'm sick of talking about anchor. Um, you, our segue kind of from the last end of it was um, the Green Bay Packers and their coaching was not up to. Not up to snuff in this yeah. game. Not up to snuff in the Rams game. And I want to hear more about that because I'm I'm looking at both of these games, and I'm a, I'm a staunch McCarthy defender. Yeah, and I'm not a defender of his based on any sort of like genius game plan that he has because he's a conservative game caller. Yeah. I knew that. I'm I'm a staunch defender of his in that like he his teams usually get effort, and his teams usually are. Or at least like, like they don't quit. Like I don't sure. think the Packers quit. I'm looking at two games against the two best teams in the NFL, where a crucial turnover decided both of them in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So that's where I'm looking at it. Like you can you can say a little bit about like, hey McCarthy, don't call that that effing uh, zone run to Aaron Jones at, when you get first and ten from your own goal line. Don't do that. That's dumb of you. Don't that's do bad. That. Don't do that. But I'm I'm curious as to like I want to I want to hear you kind of like work work your thesis out a little bit more. So I think my biggest issue is I mean a Green Bay Packers are one of the most penalized teams in the NFL this year. Yes, that is true. Uh, the Green Bay Packers pretty typically I mean as we watch these games it feels like we're making a lot of dumb mistakes like offsides on the first kickoff, waste wasting timeouts in the middle of the third quarter. Because we're not set yet, because we're not ready yet, like the change of possession timeout. It's it feels very often like this team is not prepared for games. It feels like we're not coming out in the first quarter playing hot. We did it against the Rams, and it was kind of the first time 
all year besides that 49ers game that the Packers have come out and scored points in the first quarter. This game, three points, two punts in the first quarter. Didn't look great from the get-go. Um, I think also another thing that I am always very upset about with Mike McCarthy is uh, kind of a lack of attacking the weaknesses of the other team. So Bill Belichick knows that the Green Bay Packers just traded their safety, so it's a they're filling a vacant hole at safety with the former cornerback. They're going to rely on rotation at the free safety position, depending on the situation, and he goes up-tempo, full speed. Uh, the biggest weakness on this New England Patriots defense is the linebacking core. They're not very quick. They don't, they're not great in coverage. Almost very rarely were balls thrown over the middle. So much of the routes that Mike McCarthy's offensive offenses run are ISO routes on the boundaries relying on a back shoulder throw from Aaron Rodgers, relying on a sticker spot throw from Aaron Rodgers onto the sideline. I'm with you on that, and I thought early on the Packers had identified like the clearest mismatch in the game Yeah, in the passing game, which was Jimmy Graham versus Patrick Chung. Yeah. Patrick Chung bad. Yeah. Jimmy Graham good. Jimmy Graham real good. Um, Patrick Chung short. Jimmy Graham tall, real tall. Uh, this was this was working. Yeah, early on, you saw you saw Jimmy Graham get burn him a bunch of times. As soon as you make Bill Belichick have to adjust to that and help him out and try to shut down Jimmy Graham, immediately you're going to free someone up in another spot. We started to see Jimmy Graham get doubled for a big uh-huh. chunk of the rest of the game, and then and then. You need to recognize that and figure out where else you're going. You have this guy named Devontae Adams. He wears yeah. number 17. Um, he's really good. He's very, very and good. And Stephen Gilmore's really good, too. And he was shadowing Devontae for a big chunk of the big chunk of the game. But Devontae still didn't get very many targets. And he got nine targets, six catches. But he should be getting, tw- he should be getting 15 targets a game. Not, not quite enough. And... And none of, yeah. hardly any of them over the middle. A lot of them as behind the line of scrimmage screens. We saw that with Randall Cobb on like third and nine type plays where it's a behind the line screen. It's just... Boy, I hated that play call. It was a terrible play call. Boy, was I was not into really, that. really, really bad play call. Randall Cobb has lost a step. Yeah, I don't, I don't want you to throw it to him behind the line of scrimmage anymore ever. No, I mean, I, I only no. want you to throw it to him past the line of scrimmage at limited opportunities yeah. as well. Yeah, because it's... I'm not, I'm not a, a big cop fan. I think he's, I think his contract's up after this year. I think yeah. he's gone. I'm, um, a, I'm a Marquez Valdez Scantling fan. Yeah, I'm a big MVS fan. He looked real good. Um, but it, 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 and kind of as the game goes on, it's, I want to pull up the play by play because there was, I think, two or three occasions where it's like third and four, third and six, third and three. And the Packers don't run like a slant over the middle. They don't run drag. They never go into a bunch of formations to attack man. They don't. They don't run any flood concepts. Third and three is what play action was made for. Third and three is what play action is made for. What did the because Packers run? Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams have shown you all throughout this season that they are good for at least three yards a carry. Yep. That is why you have effective running backs in the modern NFL. Not so much to win you games on their shoulders the way you know, Barry Sanders tried to do for the Lions. Yeah. The way Emmett Smith frequently did um, for the Cowboys. Yeah. It's to set up your play action, to get you third and short, to get you second and short. It's third and six, incomplete deep right. Third and four, 
in complete deep right. It's it's running a lot of in these small short time situations where I, I would expect a slant where we'd expect a, a, some crossing routes, bunch formations, anything that's going to be able to kind of get guys open through meshing, which is what works in these kind of short yardage situations if you're going to throw the ball. Complete avoidance goes to the ISO routes, goes to isolation routes one-on-one, beat your man in front of you. And that's relying on Aaron Rodgers to throw a flawless ball and for these receivers to go up and get it. And when EQ St. Brown is one of those receivers, He's just not ready yet. No, clearly not. He's just not ready yet. He's, he's got a moment or two in him this season. Yeah, but he's he's not he's yet. shown flashes. Yet. But it's when you're running ISO routes like this that are dependent on the quarterback and the wide receiver being on the exact same page and making the exact same reads, it's very difficult for a young receiver to come in and play at his level. And frankly, right now, I'm not seeing enough perfect throws out of Rodgers to justify no. that kind of play calling either. No, it's... It, it, this is the first time that Rodgers got the brace off. Like, it, 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 why not go to an up-tempo, quick-passing game? It, we've seen it work time and time again it this beat year. The Bears, game beat one. the Bears, game one. Beat the Bears. Yes, it beat the Bears badly, game one. And you can definitely see what the kind of game planning was letting the Patriots start running on third down. They started teeing off on Rodgers, same as the Rams did yeah. in the second half of the game. Um, make them stay back. And like, make them know that the receivers are going to be like crossing the field. Make them at least slightly afraid that it might be a run. Yeah, make them think that maybe it's a run and not a try for a touchdown on third and four at your own thirty-five yard line. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you on like the misuse of personnel in in certain packages. I'm, I think a lot of it like, and McCarthy this year has been such a conservative game caller, but. And there have been some clear misuses of personnel. I'm seeing it a little bit more. And I've kind of turned into like the, uh, it's almost a reactionary position of like, if you get rid of Mike McCarthy, what's out there that's, that's any better? Yeah. And I, that's kind of the only argument that I have really for keeping him is that like, I don't know who's better. You're, who are you going to hire to coach your team? Josh McDaniels? Uh, I'm like, quit. This will be, like, be Bears fans in Chicagoland. Yeah. <laughs> if, like it's... if you get McDaniels in to coach the Packers. Like Bruce Arians is not coming out of retirement to spend his winters in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Reports are he's interested in the Browns job. So, let's not write it off. Let's just... Let's is, that just the, is that like... Is that directly out of is out of the mouth of like the Haslam's? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy came out and said, uh, "Bruceians uh, might come out of retirement for us." Yeah, big news here, big story. Um, but I like I don't know who's better. But <sighs> I'm tired of watching Mike McCarthy teams. I am. I'm just a. I'm a defender of the guy because up until. Yeah, these last two games are hard for me to indict Mike McCarthy. No, because yeah. this these were both games that the Packers were absolutely in until a crucial turnover on the road. Yeah, and, and they're also games that the Packers are outmatched. I think. Yeah, I mean, one of Ty Montgomery for one, like that was a mistake. It cost him his his time in Green Bay. Like that is a clear mistake, and yeah, that does come back to coaching a little bit. Uh, Aaron Jones making a good run, diving through the line of scrimmage, and having the ball knocked out by a. It, a fantastic play by a defensive end. Yeah. Like, I don't know what, I don't know how McCarthy makes that not happen. 
Yeah, you know, that's that is that is my situation of of like there are certain things where I think I think a little bit of I think a little bit of something from the top maybe gets Aaron Rodgers up to the line of scrimmage with a little bit more snap snap. Yeah, he's been a bit lethargic this year. Yeah, in uh, in how he gets the team up to the line, he's just the sense of urgency hasn't been there. Um, you know, a little bit better coaching makes sure that your returners know how the heck they want to bring the ball out of the end zone or not. Yeah. Like those, those moments, but like, you know, I'm not a Ron Zook defender and I never have been like, I don't know. Um, that's, that guy is, is the most placeholder guy I can think of. Yeah. For special teams. It's been years. Packers special teams have been, been consistently mediocre for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just kind of they they just exist and they don't do too much. And Mason Crosby occasionally kicks field goals and occasionally does not, and everything happens. But yeah, I just I'm not sold on the idea that I think I think a coaching change at this point, like either McCarthy, like is one of those guys like Belichick who just he is the coach of the Packers for forever. Yeah, but I don't think a coaching change yields you long term benefits. I think a coaching change might yield you a short-term benefit. You get a guy sure. who's like maybe the anti-McCarthy, maybe about, you know, 60 pounds slimmer, who like comes charging Angry. in and yeah, comes charging in, you know, kind of lights a fire under everyone's butts, but then like, like pros tire of that. Yeah. Professional guys, especially guys like Aaron Rodgers, who who lives a life off of the football field. Yeah. And guys guys who want to care about a lot more than just the game which like i think that's how football players should be like they're going to get tired of like a high school college level guy coming in and like like telling yeah. him that like winning isn't you know winning isn't the best thing it's the only thing or whatever you know whatever aphoristic sure. garbage that like you know you can push on like high school and college players and you know t- 16 to 20 year old guys are going to be like yeah winning is the only thing i agree with this guy you know, you're 31 years old and like, you know, you're looking at, looking at like, you know, do I like go back to school to get a finance degree or like, you know, should I like, you know, there's a charity that wants me to like kind of be an executive for them or, you know, do I really want to like you know, use this money to invest in like a, you know, a sales business or uh, you know, what do I want to do with my life? And you've got a guy who like in the locker room yelling at you about like your commitment and like your fire and your drive and your passion. Yeah, your commitment to this game is going to stop paying you in two years. Yeah, and not give you any, any, any not benefits. follow you up in any way. Not help you <laughs> any, with yeah. anything in the future. Yeah, Like, no. the people who are 30 years old have, like, the, the thing of knowing that that's crap. Yeah. So I just, I'm wondering, like, is there a long-term benefit to to a quick change? So, like, a, in a, to a short-term attitude adjustment? I don't know if there's a... a benefit to a short-term attitude adjustment uh so much as a benefit to i think there's something to be gained in just a change of offensive scheme and i think if if mike mccarthy is willing to because mike mccarthy is still the offensive play caller despite joe philbin coming back as offensive coordinator i think if mike mccarthy is willing to adapt his scheme to something that's more in line with how the NFL is running currently. That would be good. I mean, Belichick just showed you how to call a game. Just showed you how to call a game. Because that's what it is. Our defense is playing really good. If we can lessen the penalties, and 
I mean, some of this is kind of a perfect storm for making coaching look bad. I mean, this team is stocked with young players that are just getting to the NFL. This team is a lot of draft picks from the last two years. Yeah, there there was a sequence in in the third and fourth quarter. I know Martinez came back onto the field and looked very hurt, but there was a sequence where you were playing without Blake Martinez, uh, Jermaine Whitehead, Kentrell Bryce, and Kevin King. Those are four multi-year vets. Yeah, those guys really matter. Those guys really to matter. defense, especially now that HaHa Clinton Dix is not there. Yeah. Whitehead and Bryce are vital. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're good or not. Like, they seem okay so far. Yeah. But, boy, if this thing is going to work, it's because those guys are making plays. Yeah. It's, it, 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 I mean, I, I, I kind of go back and forth with whether Mike Mc, I want Mike McCarthy fired. I don't ever want Mike McCarthy fired in season. That's the worst thing that you could do. Yeah, that would be a mistake. That's, be... that's what bad organizations do. Terrible organizations fire a coach midseason. I just think that he has to adapt to the changing of the game. It's it's the game is not reliant upon and Aaron Rodgers is thirty five years old now. He's not the young spry boy that he once was. We can't rely you can't rely on Aaron Rodgers to be able to escape pressure, roll out and throw a thirty five yard ball that's into a window the size of a baseball. Like it, it, it just run something that can get people open <laughs> yeah put the ball where the defense isn't maybe yeah like yep. I, that's so vague that's such a that's such a statement of well maybe sure. you should get people open then yeah um <laughs> it is a little bit but it's like we've talked about it on this program of ways that coaches create openings for yes receivers to get balls run a run a bunch formation run three guys on one side run some trips confuse the defense put guys in motion run Flood zones. Establish the threat of having one of the best running backs in the league. Right run the now. ball more than eleven times in a game. Yeah, there you go. There's the thing. Run the ball more than eleven times in a game. Run the ball more than eleven times yep. in a game. So, if he's average, if he's yeah, go. averaging six yards per carry, that's a lot. If it before this game it was seven point two. If he's averaging seven point two yards per carry, maybe run it twice every time. Every every set of downs, maybe run it twice. I mean the pa- the Patriots. Ran Cordero Patterson. Yeah, no, like five had, times in a row. Yeah, maybe and, uh, basically Mar- Cordero Patterson marched marched the Patriots down the field. This he, is he didn't practice at running back that week. Cordero Patterson did not practice at running back. They probably just told him, "All right, you're gonna run through the A gap. You're gonna run through the." I want to be like you're I want to be like outside. I saw a lot of Cordero Patterson as a Minnesota Viking. Yeah, he's not good. That guy was the biggest bust. He was so bad. He, he was, was terrible. Awful. He was so it's bad. just awful. Uh, he is a very good New England Patriot. Yeah. Uh, Belichick just, like, finds what a dude can do. I mean, Josh Gordon made a couple of great plays in this yeah, game. Yeah, had 130 Josh yards. Josh Gordon I've, has not had time to learn all the entire Patriots playbook. No. I bet that playbook is eight inches thick. He made his best plays after he had, like, pretty clearly dislocated a finger. Yeah. Um, It's... And, like, Josh Gordon has been just, whether fairly or unfairly, I don't care, uh, at this point for the purposes of this discussion, he has spent his entire career being, like, taken apart yeah. by, like, the media and the league. Yeah. And he's able to walk into a Belichick system and be on the field almost immediately after being signed or traded for, however that worked, I forget, 
Uh, but he's able to walk onto the field immediately and make plays yeah. for the Patriots. That's It is the rarest darn thing. Like Belichick and his offensive schemes are incredible. The way he just patches together defensive lines are incredible. But the way he takes players who the league has given up on. Yeah. Because I... You would, I, you would never convince me in 2014 that Cordero Patterson was going to land on a, on an effective contending team and be effective. And be a worthwhile piece. Yeah, and be a worthwhile signing for them. In a close game. Yep. You'd never convince this, me This that. game was closer than 31-17. Yeah. For the big chunk of this game, this game's a lot closer. I mean, Kevin White is going to be a Patriot next year, and he's going to catch 14 touchdown passes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dig on the Bears that I had to get had to get in because this is who I am, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so injury questions on the defense, of course. That's we'll continue to take take a look at that. We'll we'll keep you updated. Of course, the uh, Packers go back to Lambeau Field where the uh, the Dolphins are coming into town. Um, this one this one is the real gut check, honestly. Yeah, no. Packers are reeling. They're coming off two losses. Dolphins have. Have uh, have nothing to play for but pride. Uh, they're coming into a a uh, stadium where their home fans aren't going to be booing them. Uh, this could be, yeah. This 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 one could sneak up on Green Bay a little bit unless unless they they are ready. Yeah, this I mean this Dolphins team is not good. Oh no, they're this really Dolphins bad. Team is really bad. Yeah, I mean don't let records fool you. The, the Dolphins being like, what are they, four and four? Oh, they were extremely, yeah, they were false at the beginning of the season. Yeah, you, you told me as much, and, and I yeah, tended to believe they're you then. they're really bad. Um, this is a, a gut check. This is a test. This is... And then a short week, then you go to play the Seattle Seahawks, who... On a Thursday? Yeah, are, are bad, but surging, but and have Russell Wilson. Better, and Russell yeah. Wilson... We'll always give you a chance to win. I oh mean, yeah, they have they have Doug Baldwin back. That line has been rebuilt with the uh, actual offensive linemen this year instead huh. of uh, converted defensive linemen crazy and idea. tight ends. I have this crazy idea. It's crazy. Maybe let's sign a few linemen, and they did, and now they're not terrible. Um, this will be a stretch that's important, and it's it's one that is reminiscent of the stretch that we went on in 2016, where kind of a rough schedule to begin the year. Easy schedule to close out the year. This schedule looks very doable for the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers throughout the rest of this year. I mean, playing the Dolphins, the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Jets, the Lions. Yeah, that's that's a good way to finish the season. Uh, the you know the Cardinals, Falcons, Bears, Jets, Lions. That's a strong way to finish. The Bears right now are in sole possession of first place in the NFC North. Surprising. Everyone except for the most deluded Bears fans, I I still don't know if they're for real. I have a hard time believing that they're for real. They're five and three and zero. Oh, Minnesota's five and three and one. Green Bay three four and one. Uh, Detroit is uh, is circling the drain at three five and zero. Oh. I know that's like that's a tough thing to say about Detroit, but uh, they didn't show up against Minnesota. No. I think that's a pretty clear sign of what the rest of their season is going to yeah, look like. The Lions are thrown in the towel. The Bears have beat. The Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, the Jets, and the Bills. That's, there's one team that's 500. Yeah, that's not awesome. That's not beating, it's not playing good football. That's not beating good teams. I mean, that's losing to the Dolphins. 
Yeah. All right. That's 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 my Packers chat. Uh, we're looking for Brian Balaga to be good again. God, please, because Brian. Jason Spriggs is bad. Jason Spriggs is really bad, and Jason Spriggs, Byron Bell, right side of the line. Yeah, just is panic. Byron Bell is hanging on. He's oh, he's hanging he's on. He's hanging on. He's doing all that he can. Yeah, I, I still Gosh, darn it. Word of whatever happened to Justin McRae has been hard to find, but Byron Bell is just clinging. Yeah, and uh, you know if you got Balaga next to you, if you're between Balaga and Lindsley, you can cling a little. You can bit. find, you'll be fine. If you're between Lindsley and Spriggs, like clinging oh, ain't God. gonna cut it. No, 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 no. no. Nope. Thank God, Aaron can see that side. Thank God, that's not his blind <laughs> yeah. side. Yeah, he can see the trouble is it coming from that side. Yeah. So yeah, oh. we'll keep our eye. A lot of injuries to keep our eye on. Of course, we'll come back next week on episode twenty-three of the podcast and talk about that. Um, I want to run down what happened. Sure. In general, in the NFL. Uh, Thursday night game, the 49ers beat the Raiders 34 to three. Yeah. Nick, Nick Mullins. Mullins threw 262 yards and three touchdowns. Another number four from uh, Southern Miss against the Raiders. Um, they should put John Gruden on that flight to Mars. Yeah, no, they're, I mean, they're, they're tanking <laughs> there. You, you think they're tanking? Uh, the bears beat the bills 41 to nine. Nathan Peterman. Was thirty-one of forty-nine for one hundred and eighty-nine yards, three interceptions, Christ. and he had the better quarterback line in that game. Yeah, and somehow the Bills <laughs> and lost forty-one to nine. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Browns oh thirty-seven not... to twenty-one. Sorry, I didn't. I never saw Trubisky's line from this game. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, <laughs> yeah. Some of these wins for Trubisky are uh, are Jim McMahon esque. Yeah, jeez. Uh, put a visor on him. He's starting to look indistinguishable. Uh, yeah, Chiefs beat the Browns 37-21. to um, The Dolphins beat the Jets 13-6 to in what was probably the most exciting game of the year. The Dolphins are coming in at 5-4. and four. Yeah, no. It, That's ridiculous. Because they're beating teams like the Jets 13-6. to yeah. <laughs> The Vikings beat the Lions 24-9. to uh, I don't think the Lions got in the end zone in that game. Did you remember three weeks ago when they had a rushing attack? Huh. Um, Crazy. The Falcons beat the Redskins 38-14. to Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. Uh, Their game against the Packers is coming up. The Redskins are the worst 5-3 and three team I've ever even heard of. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers beat the Buccaneers 42-28. to uh, Cam Newton's absolute he's monster. Really he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, he's lost down there in Carolina, wearing wearing that weird blue and and black. And God, they wear such dumb jerseys. Yeah, we talked about it on DePaul and football last week. Ooh, it's it, they're the worst jerseys in. Those football. are bad colors. They're the worst jerseys in football. Steelers beat the Ravens twenty three to sixteen. Steelers are good. Ravens are uh, are they're middling. Ravens are still the Ravens. Uh, the Texans beat the Broncos nineteen to seventeen. Deshaun Watson is so good. He's he's he's. He's really good, and he's going to continue to get better. Yep, that defense is starting to solidify. Um, watch out for the for the Houston Texans. They're they're making a they're six and three. Yeah, uh, they're they're gonna they're adding gonna... Demarius Thomas is a huge pickup. Yeah, yeah, they're not getting they're not getting worse. No, as the season goes on, uh, the Chargers who are are good this year. Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers, dark horse MVP candidate. Yeah. A, he's playing really he's really a well. Big goofy man. Uh, Twenty five to seventeen over the Seahawks. That was in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, the Saints beat the Rams because the Saints are extremely for real. It's old quarterback league. Yeah. Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are just like still yeah, chugging just, away. Just doing that thing. And the Saints are 7-1. The Rams are now have one, one loss at 8-1. and one. 
So, and then the Monday night game coming up is the single least exciting prospect I've ever seen. It's Cowboys Titans. I don't care. I'm not going to watch this. That, that's the game in which, like, if I had a score for it, I'd be like, I don't care yeah. and move on. That's it for Cheeseheads in Chicagoland this week. Um, thank you, as always, for, for listening to this podcast. Tell, tell your Packers friends about it. Tell your non-Packers friends about it because, like, I'm sure they'd love to listen to it. Yeah, it's worth it to yeah. know more about the great American game, football. Yeah. Um, just as, uh, just as a, a general piece of life advice, if you have, say, like a, a computer which has a keyboard and a mouse, those don't mm. get plugged into the monitor. They yeah. get plugged into the actual computer box. Put them in the USB ports yeah. on the box. Yeah, they go in the USB yeah. ports on the box. Um, that That's my only technology advice. Uh, so, yeah. Stay with us next week. We'll get another episode out and in which we will recap Packers Dolphins from Lambeau Field. And I hope that we're happier. I hope I'm happier. Yeah. I mean, I'm generally a happy guy. Um, check out uh, rrsn.com on Friday. We're going to be doing a video cast from Mishawaka. The Mishawaka Cavemen are taking on the Lowell Red Devils in the regional game. The Lowell Red Devils come out, come out of sectional 17. Mishawaka Cavemen come out of sectional 18 in the Indiana High School football playoffs. Those are getting exciting. Uh, on just on Tuesday, the day that you'll probably be hearing this, because I'll probably release it later tonight, um, I'm going to be doing video color commentary for the Bethel men's basketball team versus the Roosevelt Lakers from just down the street wow. from the Goodman Center. I'm going to be on video there, so check out rrsn.com. It's where I work for my University. day job. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. I can take the train to work. Back calling college games oh yeah congratulations oh yeah we're doing college stuff big deal it is man it's fun and uh check out radio sports.com where matt malamstetter is the program director of i think the best college sports radio station in the nation yeah and I, I, a lot of awards uh giving people think so as well um people who give awards people give them who give too. awards and think about college radio think that we're also very good um you can listen to my stuff on Radio DePaul Sports uh, through the Radio DePaul Sports application, which is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Um, I have programs on Mondays from 5.30 to 6.30. I host DePaul on football. At uh, 6.30, I host Sports Ball, where I review a ball from a sport and kind of give you the rundown of the history of the sport. Um, and then on Thursdays, I do a show called From the Loop with Tim Stebbins. And then uh, immediately after that, we record and release a podcast called From the Loop Podcast that is uh, available on all of your favorite uh, podcast platforms delivered by Anchor FM. That's going to do it. All right, folks. Thank you again for listening. That's Matt Mellon-Setter. I am Mike Fleischman. Hey, Mike, 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 Mike. Who's oh. our cheese head of the week? Oh, we don't do that anymore. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, who would it be if we did that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> uh Tom Brady? Uh Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely Marquez Valdez Scantling. 101 yards touchdown two weeks in a row. Yeah, he's a, he's a good young wide receiver. Um so that's our head cheese head of the last month. Yeah. Uh, great job. <laughs> all right. Round of applause. It's my own show. I mess up my own stuff. It's cool. Um Until next week. Thank you for listening to Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, where we always are very predictable and remember everything that we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and then we're on top of the game. And when we talk to you next, hopefully you will have stayed cheesy, baby.